she would come in in a tracksuit and big hoop earrings and her hair pulled back into a long ponytail and there was a very clear image and identity being set there. But one Monday she came in completely different and completely different from that moment onwards. The hair had been cut short, the hoop earrings had gone and from that point onwards she always wore a smart business suit. A complete reinvention of her image and identity. We each have a mental image of ourselves. We each have an idea of what our identity is. And sometimes we try to reinvent it. Now, identity is a big issue in our society. I'm sure you're aware of that. Uh, Although it's a very confused society about who we actually are. So we're told we're amazing and we deserve the best and we should have high self-esteem. But we're also told we're just an accidental result of nature. Just a bit of a grown-up ape. And we're just bodies and so we're gone. When we die, that's the end of us. But we're also told you can be trapped inside the wrong body. Which implies the real us is somehow different from our body. We're not just body. It's all confusion. It's It's incoherent. So let's turn to the place that says our identity and sets it for us, the start of the Bible. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 1, right at the beginning of our Bibles. We've been going through Genesis 1 to 3 for some months now. Now we've got towards the end of chapter 3, but today we're going to do it slightly differently Instead of working through a section of the chapter, we're going to pick out a theme here in these chapters, and the theme, as you've already heard, is our identity. And I'm going to be commenting on some specific issues in our society, but I'm setting them in the context of this wider issue of identity. Teenagers, I think this will be particularly relevant to you. You're told you can be whoever you want to be. And that sounds really nice, doesn't it? That sounds freeing. But there are such pressures and expectations set on you that it turns out not to be very freeing. So listen, and I'm going to give you some big principles from the Bible, showing the Bible has a much better way than the pressures and the messages all around you. So, we're going to start in chapter 1, Genesis 1, to see God sets identity. If you are going to understand yourself, you need to start not with yourself, but with God. Genesis 1 is about God as creator. And as creator, he sets identity. Look out for that in verses 3 to 5. Genesis 1, verse 3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning, the first day. We have here God setting the nature of things. Let there be light, and there was. We have God making pairs that are opposite but work together, light and darkness. And we have God naming the identity of things. God called the light day and the darkness night. He gets to set the identity. See the exact same thing in verses 6 to 8. 
And God said, let there be an expanse between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above it. And it was so. God called the expanse sky. Did you notice exactly the same? God sets the nature of things. Let there be and there was. He creates pairs that are opposite but work together. The water up there and the water down here. And he sets the identity, he named the bit in between, sky. Exactly the same in verses 9 and 10. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. God sets the nature of things. He said, let there be... Water here and land here, and it was so. He creates pairs that are opposites but work together, sea and land. And he sets the identity. He says, we're going to call this sea and land. He names it. And this identity is sometimes linked to the role things have. So if we move forward to God making the sun, moon and stars, he makes them and then he says, verse 17... Well, it says, God set them in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. He makes them, he gives their identity, and then he says, now this is your role. We then read about God making animals according to their kind. In other words, he sets their identity, and he says, verse 22, God blessed them and said... Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. He he sets their identity and he gives them their role. God is creator, so he gets to set the nature of things and to name the identity of things and to determine the role of things. And so it's no surprise that this is true when you get to us. Verse 26 to 28, you get to us. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over the livestock, over all the earth and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And he blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. And do you see the pattern repeated? God sets our nature, the image of God. Now, this is not going to be a message on what the image of God is. We've had that. Its main emphasis is we have the dignity and responsibility of being God's representatives. The point today is it's God who gives us that. God who gives our nature. And then God makes humans in pairs that are opposite that go together, male and female. It's saying that's fundamental to who we are. Just like he made day and night, land and sea, pairs that go together, so he made humans, male and female, pairs that go together. And God names our identity. And God said, let us make man in our image. Or in chapter 5 it says, it repeats it, God made man in his image and when they were created he called them man. He names our identity. And from this comes our role. So verse 26 and 28 say, rule over creation. Subdue it, fill it, care for it, be my representatives on it. 
You see, identity, pairs made, a role given. And just as light and darkness go together, but have different roles in ordering time, just as water in the sky and water on the land go together and have different roles in the water cycle, just as land and sea go together and have different roles in geography, so we find in Genesis man and woman go together and have different roles in the human race growing and filling the earth and caring for it. Now, I'm laying a foundation here, which is God sets our identity. We won't recognise who we are unless we recognise who he is and his right to set our identity and our role. Later on, we're going to get to some issues in our society that this affects, but we can start to get a big principle already. And this big principle is going to sound a little odd to you. It goes like this. What's the difference between Lego and the Mona Lisa? I think they're going to come up. There we go. What's the difference between Lego and the Mona Lisa? Well, with Lego, you can adapt it and make it any way you want. In fact, the Lego advert says the only limit is your own imagination. So you can adapt it any way you want. But the Mona Lisa is not to be treated like that. It's a masterpiece. And and it had a design, and it should be kept the way the designer intended. Have you noticed this one's been adapted? Yes? You see the tattooed arm? That's not original. It's been adapted. But the Mona Lisa isn't a Lego kit. You're not supposed to adapt it any way you want. It has a design. And we are like the Mona Lisa, not like Lego. We are a masterpiece. And there is a design to us set by God that should not be tampered with. Okay, that's the first principle we get from Genesis 1. But we do tamper with the design because we try to set our own identity. Uh, We can remove the pictures now, thank you. Genesis 3, let's move on to Genesis 3. We set our own identity. That's one of the things happening in Genesis 3. So man and woman have been given an identity from God, but Satan tempts them, you can set your own identity. Chapter 3, verse 5. Satan says, For God knows that when you eat of this forbidden fruit, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, they already were like God. They were made in his image. But Satan says you can be like God in a quite different way. Knowing good and evil means, like God, you can decide for yourself what's good and evil. You can be like God and decide for yourself what is right and wrong. You can decide for yourself your identity. And they go for it. Eve says, I'm not willing to be Adam's helper, I'm taking the initiative. Adam and Eve together say, we're not willing to be God's representatives, we're going to do our own thing. And they think they're being free. We're going to be free. We're going to be in charge and free. But they're actually being manipulated by Satan. They're not really being free. There's someone with an agenda here and he's manipulating them to fit his agenda. Now today people, especially children, are told... You can be free to be whoever you want to be. 
You're in charge, you make the decision. But it isn't really true. It isn't really true because there are people who have an agenda. And there are all sorts of pressures to push you a certain way. I'll try and give an example, an illustration of this. Imagine a man walking down the streets of York in 919 AD, the era of the Vikings. And this man finds within himself two urges. One is he likes fighting. He likes beating people up. And the other is he's attracted to other men. Which of those urges is he going to say, that's me, that's my identity, and which one is he going to repress? No, that's not me. Well, it's the era of the Vikings. It's obvious me is the warrior who likes fighting. The other one, repress that. That's not really me. Now imagine there's a man walking down the streets of York in 2019 AD. And he finds in himself two urges. He likes fighting. He's a violent man. And he's also attracted to other men. Which one is he going to say, yes, that's me? And which one is he going to say, no, that's not me. Repress it. Isn't it likely to be the other way round? See, we think we're free, and we set our identity, but usually there's all sorts of pressures and all sorts of influences that we might not even be conscious of telling us what's acceptable. That's happening here in Genesis 3. Adam and Eve think they're being free. They're throwing off the identity God has given them. What happens? Let's read verse 16. Genesis 3, verse 16. To the woman, God said... I will greatly increase your pains in childbearing. With pain you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. To Adam he said, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree, about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you and you will eat the plants of the field. To Eve, God is saying, you are still going to be the image of God, the life giver, the helper. It's a great role, but now you're going to have trouble along with it. To Adam, God is saying, you're still going to be my representative and work to look after this world. It's a great role, but now you're going to get a load of trouble with it. By resisting the identity God has given, they don't escape the identity, they just get a load of trouble with it. Now this complicates things for us, because it means our God-given identity and role has trouble associated with it, and we all know it in practice. And so it's no surprise that people often try to escape their God-given identity and role because there's a load of trouble comes with it. But that isn't the right response. Think of it this way. Do you use the internet? I know there's one or two people here who don't, but most of you do, don't you? But, But it's so misused. Isn't there an awful lot of trouble associated with the internet and its misuse? Yeah, of course there is. But you probably recognise it can still be useful and use it. Trouble in the identity and role God has given doesn't mean reject it. It means work at a good use of it. Now, that has given us some principles. I hope as I've gone along you've noticed some principles being set here. But just in case, to make sure, they're going to go up on the screen actually. 
That has told us God sets our identity and its associated role. That's told us we are a masterpiece needing to be restored, not a Lego kit to be adapted. That has told us being male and female is fundamental to who we are. That has told us if you try to escape the identity God has given, you won't manage it fully, but you will cause trouble. That has told us there being trouble with our identity and role doesn't mean throw it away, it means work at doing it well. Now, I'd like us to think of how this is relevant to us. And I suspect you're already seeing some ways. I'm going to give you some examples. I'm not going to go into them in detail. I hope that it's going to be mainly obvious how that helps us with these examples. If it's not, ask me afterwards. I'm just going to very quickly give you some examples. First one, transgender. Now that is just so obvious how that relates to it that I'm not going to even make any comment on it. If you need comment, ask me afterwards. Second example, sexuality. I identifying, defining your identity by your sexuality. And we've seen that God sets your identity and a much better one. Roles within marriage. A lot of the pushback against God-given roles in marriage is because they've been misused. And they have been so misused. But see the last principle. Don't reject them. Work at them. Parenting. Parenting. Sometimes mothers and fathers can act as if childcare is a nuisance that just gets in the way of their real identity, which they define another way, maybe career success. But they don't escape the identity. They just cause and get trouble. Body modification. Did any of you think that the Mona Lisa was improved by the tattoos? Surely not. But we were designed by God. Why well, think we can improve our bodies made by God. Work. Has, how has this got anything to do with work? Oh, well, don't some people do this? Opt out of work because work is difficult. Because they don't want to settle down and take responsibility. Some opt out. Or just put it off and put it off and put it off. Be a permanent student. Never getting round to deciding what you're going to do. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of trouble in work, but it's a role God's given us. It's to be worked at, not thrown away. Ruling over God's creation. That's a role God's given us. And for a long time, humans have acted as if it's our creation to do what we want with it. Or as if, well, we're just another animal. It's not our responsibility. But that hasn't thrown off the role God's given us. It's caused a lot of trouble. Oh, here's another one. I used to be involved in a youth club. And it was in an area where the teens had very low expectations. And so to try to improve this, the teenagers at that youth club were repeatedly told, you can be who you want to be. And that was trying to raise their expectations, but it's just not true. You can't be who you want to be. God sets identity. More accurate would be this. You can be who God has designed you to be. And that is much better news. So instead of resisting the identity he's given you, embrace it. We are not a Lego kit to be adapted. We are a masterpiece that needs restoring. So how are we restored? 
We've had God sets the identity. We've had trouble from us trying to set our own identity. Thirdly, we have Jesus restores true identity. Now, if we stopped before this point, we'd have just a try-harder message. Just a try-harder message. That's what most religions do. Try harder to be the person God wants you to be. Try harder to do your identity and role well. But Christianity is more realistic than that. Christianity recognises we won't manage it however hard we try. And Genesis 3 has an interesting way of showing that our attempts won't work. And it's a way that's very suitable to the subject of identity. So Adam and Eve rebel against God and they think they're going to make themselves something great. They'll set their own identity, but chapter 3, verse 7, Genesis 3, verse 7. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realised that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. They thought, we're going to set our own identity. They just find that they're weak and shameful. And they feel the need to cover up. And try to give themselves an identity that isn't genuine. It's a cover. But their attempts to cover up just don't work. They're still afraid when God comes looking for them. And so God does something about this. Verse 21. God does something about it. Genesis 3 verse 21. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Now this is about covering their shame. It's about God dealing with their sin and covering it up. But it's also about identity. Clothes are about identity, aren't they? Have a look at these pictures. Now, I bet you are making some conclusions about the identity of those people, aren't you? In each case, their clothes are telling you a bit about their identity. And in some cases, they're telling you a bit about their role. Clothes speak about identity and sometimes even role. Okay, we'll remove that picture, please. And Adam and Eve's identity in verse 21 is being set as people who have a shame that needs covering, but also people whose shame is covered by God. How is it covered? Well, an animal has to die so they can be covered. And that's picturing something we find if we jump forward. I'll read it to you. You can choose whether you turn to it or not. Jump forward to Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. Genesis 3 is picturing for us Jesus. And Galatians 3, verse 27 puts it this way. All of you who were baptised into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. All you who were baptised into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ, with Jesus himself. It says all you who were baptised, because baptism is a way of showing you're trusting Jesus. It's a way of showing you belong to Jesus. It's a way of saying, I need to be washed by Jesus. And it says all such people are clothed with Christ. He has become their their clothing. He has become their identity. It's rather nice that the children's talk was on something similar. Do you remember the swap? His righteousness, all that's right about him, 
clothes us and covers us. His goodness is counted to us and covers all our sin. Now, it doesn't mean ignore all those identities and roles given in Genesis 1 and 2. Male and female, worker, caring for creation. It doesn't mean they're all gone. It's just about being a Christian. Jesus didn't come to abolish the nature God's given. He came to restore it. We're not a Lego kit and Jesus now rearranges us completely differently. We're a masterpiece designed by God and needing restoring. And Jesus doesn't say, scrap it, I'm going to paint a new picture. He restores the old picture. So the New Testament still tells us about how to fulfil those Genesis 1 and 2 identities and roles. The New Testament doesn't scrap the model in Genesis 1 and 2, it restores the model. But it gives us an even better identity. Because Galatians 3 says this, For all of you who were baptised into Christ have have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. It isn't abolishing all those old identities, but it's saying Jesus gives you an even better identity. Just as Adam and Eve, their identity was this, people who have a shame that needs covering and it is covered. So all who are baptised into Christ have this identity. You've got a shame that needs covering and it is covered by Jesus, by his death. He's your clothes, so he covers all your sin and he gives you your identity. Verse 28 is saying, whatever label the world gives you, male, female, black, white, rich, poor, success, failure, whatever it might be, In Jesus, you have a better identity. In Christ, one with him, loved by him. And God the Father looks at you and he sees not sin. He sees not the world's labels. He sees this. This is my son, whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. Identity restored. In Jesus. Now, there used to be a bank called the TSB. I don't think it's around anymore, is it? Maybe taken over by Lloyd's or something like that. Anyway, this bank, the TSB, used to have an advert, the bank that likes to say yes. Some of the older ones might remember. The bank that likes to say yes. I think Christians sometimes sound like the people who like to say no, don't we? We're in danger often of sounding like the people who like to say no. So our society says, you can be whoever you want to be, and we're the people who like to say, no, that's nonsense, you can't. But it's not just being people who like to say no, because we have better news. We have a better way. You can be whoever you want to be is nonsense. But how much better to hear, you can be who God has designed you to be. God sets your identity, he made you a masterpiece, The masterpiece has got spoilt beyond your ability to mend it. But Jesus can restore you. Through him, you can be who God says you should be. That's better news. So put the clothes on. Have you? Have you put the clothes on? Are you clothed in Christ? Do you trust him? Have you shown it by baptism? 
Ask him, ask him. Jesus, I'm naked without you. I've got shame and it's exposed to God's sight. I need you to cover my sin, to mend my brokenness. Please do. I need you to set my identity. Please do. I'm letting go of my attempts to invent who I am. May the number one thing about me be this. I belong to you. Well, actually, I'm going to pray that prayer now. And if you've been persuaded by what you've heard, will you pray it along with me? Let's pray.